children's department, I don't know if you guys are aware of what they're doing in there, but they're getting the word of God hidden in their heart. Me and Abelina both, when we came together, I um, shared that when I was way, 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 way far from the Lord, running from God and doing all kinds of stupid things, there would be times when the Lord would bring back verses and songs and things that I learned in Sunday school. Verses I learned when I was in children's church. So I determined that the most powerful thing we could do in any of our kids and children's department is get the word of God in them. Because the Bible says that it never returns void. So like we can do some things that might return void. We can do some things that have a good yield, but the word of God never returns void. So we want to get the word of God in our kids, amen? It also says that the word of God always accomplishes everything that it sets out to do. Those are pretty good odds right there. So we're going to spend most of our time in those, those areas. Amen? Amen. I'm glad you guys are with us this morning. Um, what a beautiful time of worship. And thank you, worship team. Um, I've got to thank our uh, booth back there, our media and sound guys and the greeters this morning, everybody that's um, being used this morning. Thank you. And now I get to minister the word. Lord, prepare me to deliver your word, your message. Help me rightly divide it. I thank you, Lord, that it's already anointed. I don't have to pray for that. I pray for the soil, which is the heart of those who are in this house listening and those who are at home watching on Facebook or whatever else they're watching and listening. Lord, I pray that Lord, everything that comes out of my mouth today, Lord, would glorify you, that would be from you, and Lord, whatever isn't gets chewed up and spit out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I'm humble enough to believe that not every single word that ever comes out of my mouth is inspired by God. going to be talking about a, a passage of scripture. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for that help there. Appreciate that. So encouraging. You know, th- this is something we need to learn. There's a time to amen. <laughs> that wasn't it. You've been in church long enough to know that. <laughs> Anyways, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in First Thessalonians chapter 5. was such a good church. Paul, um, he didn't spend much time there, but this church birthed very quickly in the middle of persecution. And you know what? There's something about that, being fire tested, right? This church wasn't a church that just sprung up and everything was great, and they sang Kumbaya and just roasted marshmallows together, and, and the temperature was just right in the room. And No, this church got birthed in the middle of trial and tribulation and pressure and something about that they 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 started that way and they were pretty um pretty awesome church they were very very good church compared to what you read about um corinthians or corinthians always gets a bad rap rightfully so um but just saying like we are also a church that is full of people and we're not always all of us perfect amen Lots of us have some issues. This church was, was a good church, but they had some problems. 
um, they were confused about, they were concerned that if they died, they wouldn't meet, hit the rapture. So, look, so Paul was kind of straightening them out on some of those things. And then they had stopped letting the Holy Spirit move in their services. That had happened because there were some abuses. People were seeing people and uh, not rightfully discerning and using the gifts that God had given them, and they were jacking up the service and people in the church. So what any good pastor (laughs) and what most people do is when those things start happening is they started shutting it down. No more gifts. No more, we're just going to put a wet blanket. You guys, if you were here last week, you saw me with a fire extinguisher quenching the spirit. Putting out, the, letting out the spirit's flames. That's what they were doing. It said, "Quench not the spirit of God." They, they they would put out the spirit of God, which sounds really crazy to some people that you would be able to do that. But the Lord has given us that ability to resist Him. The Holy Spirit has given us the ability to resist the Holy Spirit, grieve the Holy Spirit, quench the Holy Spirit, even blaspheme the Holy Spirit. So all those things can happen. And this church was quenching the spirit. And they had got to a point, and it must have been that there was a lot of prophecies going on in the church. There was a lot of prophesying. And they got to where they were despising prophecy. How do I know that? Because Paul is telling them, quench not the Spirit of God and do not despise prophecy. I went to a lot of Bible school to learn that. That's what they were doing. So it tells us that it it can happen, and it did happen, and it was happening. Not a whole lot has changed in 2,000 years. I don't know if you know this, but people are still people. We can count on people being people until Jesus comes back. And even after he comes back and establishes his millennial reign, and he is literally on the throne ruling and reigning during the 1,000 years, and there's peace on the earth. People are still going to be people. So it's not that that's ever going to change. So Paul could have wrote in these letters, since you're all people, and since you are all jacked up, quit letting the Spirit move amongst you. Since there's so many prophecies that are jacked up and you're using the gifts wrongly, stop. But it's just not there. It's actually nowhere in Scripture. He actually says the opposite. Quit quenching the Holy Spirit. Quit despising prophecy. Now that is a very interesting thing to say in the midst of it being misused. But he gives us this beautiful thing right after, do not despise prophecy. He goes on to say, test all things. Now, I'm not going to go over to verse 16. I preached on this last week a little bit, the rejoicing always. If you're questioning that, go back and listen to that message. It was good. It says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He says, test all things. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of still good today. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. The Lord wants you sanctified. All of you. Sanctified is made holy. Set apart. You can almost say this way. Different. 
and set apart. He wants all of you. It's not, and he knew we wouldn't get this because we're people, so he had to say, let me, let me expound a little bit. He said, make your whole spirit, your whole soul, and body preserved blameless till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he wants to do for you. Can you imagine? All of you sanctified, whole in spirit, soul, and body, preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this gives us some time frame of where this is to go to. All of this in context of Scripture. Do you think he wants us to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and everything giving thanks only until the apostles leave? not what it says i think if you read this in context you would believe he would want us to rejoice always pray without ceasing and everything giving thanks all the way till the coming of our lord jesus christ if we read all this in context is that would you agree with that well then we must believe to not quench the spirit and not despise prophecy to test all things and to hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil would be till when the coming of our lord jesus christ am i reading something out of scripture Oh, so maybe we should throw out the quench the spirit thing. Don't despise the prophecies. Just just hold on to test all things. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think the Lord wants us to abstain from evil till the coming? How long? Till the apostles are gone? Two, three hundred years after? Oh, you think maybe until Jesus comes back? I'm going to go with that. That's what the Bible says. And some of you are going, Pastor, what are you doing? Well, I'm clearing up some things. Because there's a lot of churches today that still quench the Spirit of God and they despise prophecies because of abuses and the gift abuse. And why we're preaching this message is we don't want to do that. And I'm also going to spend some time here because I don't think we're completely free from this, even though we say we believe one thing to believe it's a whole other thing to do amen that was a yoda like face <laughs> some of you were saying it <laughs> now don't say pastor steve said and quote me some of you guys quote me on some things make sure you get it right if you quote me now these verses are in paul's final instruction to the Thessalonians. Tells me it's pretty important. Amen. Now I covered last week quenching not the spirit. So I'm going to jump into not despising prophecy. If you're thinking I'm just kind of going out of balance today, go back and listen to last week's and you'll, you'll see some balance. Does that make sense? But I am going to just kind of nail down do not despise prophecies today. I, ever, I already covered quenching not the spirit. Now I am highly literate and understand scripture very well, so I can make this statement pretty bold. Obviously, the Thessalonians had been despising prophecies. You, not, I, I got up this morning, I had to laugh, honestly. I was looking over my notes and I was like, wow, Lord, today's message is going to be really deep. It's going to be just very revelatory. Like, I like that at times. Like, there's cool, you discover these really amazing depths and things in the Word, and you're like, wow, I can't wait to, 
I'm like, this is about as basic as you rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, period. Do not despise prophecies, period. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Wow, but that's But the Thessalonians were doing it. And Paul said of all the spiritual gifts, he says this in Corinthians, he says, of all the spiritual gifts, seek to prophesy. The Holy Spirit's not confused. Paul wasn't confused. He wants people to prophesy, and so much so that when they were abusing the gifts, he says, don't quench the Spirit and do not despise prophecy. It's very clear. It should be very clear to all of us, but the Lord wants us to prophesy. He wants prophecy to be happening till he comes back. Amen? If you don't agree with that, it's okay. You have a right to be wrong. All seriousness, though, if you disagree, it's okay. I'm going to pray, and I would pray with you, that the Holy Spirit will speak as plainly as he is through the Scripture to you personally. Of all the gifts... The one most often, the one that most often brings, listen, edification, spiritual strengthening, encouragement, comfort, consolation, and challenge is the gift of prophecy. He wants us to prophesy. You say, well, what is that? To prophesy is to speak forth. Now, sometimes prophecy is not, uh, it can be forth-telling. Sometimes it's foretelling. Now, I would humbly suggest that, remember in the last few months we preached on the, the five-fold ministry gifts. I believe most of the time when there's foretelling, that usually comes from the office of the prophet. That comes from the office of the prophet. He wants all of us to speak forth. Not foretell, but to forthtell. What does that prophecy look like? Well, I can take you all the way back. Remember Moses? God wanted Moses to be his mouthpiece. He wanted Moses to speak for him. Moses had a stuttering problem. Isn't God comical? I think it's very comical. He takes a guy who's da 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 and it's like, I want you to be my mouthpiece. But, but, but uh, that, uh, 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 I can't. God gets a little frustrated with him with his, I can't. Like, God doesn't know you stutter? Yeah, I know you stutter. It's not the point. I want you to be my mouthpiece. So he wrestles with God a little bit until he finally says, well, what about my brother Aaron? He speaks really good. So the Lord's like, fine, have Aaron speak for you then. Have Aaron speak for you. You go all the way back, that was speaking forth. Aaron was prophesying for Moses, who was, Moses was prophesying for the Lord. You follow me? So when we prophesy today, that's what we're speaking forth. Right now, I am prophesying the word of God. I'm speaking forth for the Lord. Now guess what? I have an account for that. I have to give account 
for when I speak forth for the Lord. And guess what? When you prophesy, so do you. So we don't just flippantly, randomly just, well, I feel like, because you've heard me say this many times, well, sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. How many of you know that he's using people to speak forth that are flawed? Now, here's the difference between prophecy that's in Scripture. Some are going to say, well, the prophecy that the Holy Spirit inspired through Scripture is Scripture. It's infallible. It is infallible. There's, there, you don't have to. I wonder how accurate that is. It's 100%. It doesn't say we need to test this, the prophecy that's in Scripture. Why? Because it's 100% accurate. Paul's saying you need to test the prophecies that are coming from people. Why? Because we're people and not infallible. And the canon of Scripture, it's enclosed. Shocking. <laughs> but this gift is a beautiful gift, and it brings the most edification and strengthening into the church. I can only think of a, well, one individual who would really not want that to happen in the church. And the inspiration to shut it down wouldn't come from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wrote this word. He's already told us what he thinks about it. But the Thessalonians had shut it down. Now watch what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 14 and verse 1. He said, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts pursue love and desire spiritual gifts now Paul is speaking to not other apostles he's speaking to the church so Paul has these gifts he was an apostle he's also telling other people desire these gifts seek prophecy it says according to the grace given to each of us According to the grace, that's the charis, that means it's been a gift. According to the gifts that have been given to you. You know, it says each of us, so if you're a believer, I'm pretty confident that it says we have different gifts, and there's been different grace given to each of us. If, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. That's Romans 12, 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. It's not confusing. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So it's pretty fitting that it says, do not despise prophecy. Amen? I'm building a pretty, to me, simple case here. <laughs> now, how do we despise prophecy? That should be the question. All right, well, I don't want to despise prophecy. What's despising prophecy look like? Not listening to. Ignoring. Disregarding. Disregarding. 
despising, not believing that it's for today would be despising prophecy. That would be a pretty good way to despise it, to say, I don't believe in it, I don't agree with it, I don't want anything to do with it, I don't like it. That's despising prophecy. Since prophecy is the most practiced, here's a true statement, since prophecy is the most practiced, it can also be the most abused. Now I'm going to go back to all of the gifts. It's very interesting how certain churches and groups of people only throw out certain parts of the gifts. Even though they all can be misused, and because people are involved in all of the gifts, they all can be misused. Like, teaching is a gift. It's one of the fivefold. It can be misused. Pastors, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You could watch TV. How many, have you seen some jacked up pastors? Yeah. So the Bible then would, if it followed the pattern, would say, quit with the gifts, quit with pastors, quit with teachers, quit with the ap- apostles, prophets. Like, it's, it's, we don't get to hand pick and choose what, what God throws out. He said, don't quench the Holy Spirit, don't despise prophecy. So you know what we're supposed to do with that? Obey it. Even if they've been abused. Now, if you've been in a Pentecostal church as long as I have, you've seen multiple ways that's happened. I've also seen beautiful things that have come from the gifts of the Spirit. So that's why we don't throw them out. Now, here's what I could share something with you. If you come from a background, and, and there's people that believe they're called cessationalists, that they, they don't believe the gifts are for today. They usually gather with other groups of people who don't believe the gifts are for today. They go to church where they don't believe the gifts are for today. They don't teach that or preach the word of God and share all the scriptures that show that the gifts are for today. And then they use the argument, well, I don't see any of that stuff happening today. Well, I wonder why. You don't believe. And you don't pursue the gifts of the spirit. And he says to pursue. You don't even believe in them or agree with them. So guess what? It's not going to happen amongst you. You're going to have a church. It's like this. If I don't ever preach on salvation, how many people you think are going to get saved in this church? You you know, we've had a lot of people baptized in the Holy Spirit in this last couple years. A lot. You know why that's happened? I've preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit quite a bit guess what's happened? People have gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you teach and preach on healing and you believe for healing, you know what happens? You're going to see healing happen. But if you don't believe, you don't agree, and you believe it's from the devil, guess what? You're not going to have any part of it. I know this is super deep teaching today. But is that the truth? It's the truth. Don't despise prophecy. It is the most practiced, and it can be the most abused, because it's the most practiced. Now listen to me. The delivering of the prophecy, this is what I'm doing today, and I'm teaching, and I'm, I'm setting a foundation for our church. Okay? You are here, you're part of our church. So I'm laying a foundation and teaching our church. 
The delivering of the prophecy is subject to the prophet. The delivery of the prophecy is subject to the prophet. That's the Bible. So here's what you can't say, church. I've got this word. I've got to let it out right now. It's, it's, it's got to come out. That's not what that says. Also, if the, the gift or if the prophecy is subject to the prophet, I could say this. Jacked up prophet. Jacked up prophecy. What do you think? Does that make sense? Subject to the prophet. Well, if the prophet isn't any good, the prophecies aren't going to be any good. Fair? I'm glad. The delivering of the prophecy is subject to the prophet. It can be mishandled also. You don't have to. I just had someone after first service. They were very humble. They came up and said, Pastor, I need to apologize. Forgive me. The Lord has been giving me words, and I haven't been sharing them. I've been afraid of what people are going to think. I feel like the Lord gives me a word probably every Sunday. And I've just not, I don't, I don't want people to come start coming to me and going, oh my gosh. Because church, we do that at times. We start putting people on pedestals and going, oh wow. Pastor, you really know this. Man, I better get the book. Will you write a book for me? Will you tell me everything that I should do for my life for the rest of my Will you be my personal fortune, I mean, prophesier? That's what people do. You have the Holy Spirit yourself. Prophecy is subject to the prophet. It can be mishandled. It could be partially right. Even be false. That doesn't give us the right to despise the gift of prophecy. But we're to test it. I've I've had this happen. How many have ever you've how many of you've ever heard something from the Lord and you didn't understand all of it? I've had the Lord speak to me, share things with me, and I'm like, okay, okay, huh? You know what I do with the huh? I submit it to him. And I do the thing that I do know. Okay. You spoke to me about this. I need to be responsible to that. This, I don't even know what you mean. So then I just ask him. I don't get it. Lord, help me. He's usually pretty good about showing me. If he doesn't like give me the information right then, within a day or two, usually I'll see it in Scripture. I'm like, oh, that's what that means. But I can also go to some of my other friends and brothers and sisters and go, you know, I got this from the Lord. I don't know what to do with this. Would you pray with this about me for me? And go to someone with, with, with wisdom or, or knowledge. Hey, discerning of spirits. Well, I wouldn't really need discerning of spirits because I already believed it was from the Holy Spirit. So if I can receive like that from the Lord, do you think it's possible if I was going to share something the Lord gave me that I could give part of it was really good and, and right and maybe part of it that was a little, huh? I know this, this is just not stuff that gets talked about in church, but it's the real deal. We're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss what do we do with it? And some of you, gonna, and I, I just, maybe I'm not saying this is from the Lord, but I feel like I'm just picking up on some people going, 
Well, if it was from the Lord, it's never an error. Well, let me help you with that. You're a human being, and I will show you scripture. How about in Acts? Paul receives a vision that Paul is going to, I believe, is going to be sent to Macedonia, and that he was going to be chained, and he was going to go and probably give his life. Paul received a vision from the Lord that that was his future. So Paul began to go in that direction. Guess what God had some prophets do? They prophesied to Paul. Now, they were right, and then I believe they stepped out in their own concerns and cares. They said, Paul, they, he took off his own belt and said, this is how you're going to go. It's, you're going to be bound if you go here. So most of us, if you care for someone, you're like, I don't think it'd be the will of the Lord for you to go get bound and go die. So they heard that from the Lord. Was that true? Yes, it was. They also were human beings and said, well, that must not be what God wants you to do. So they said, Paul, don't go. That wasn't from the Lord. Did they hear right? Yes. Were they human? Yes. Paul was able to go, I know what the Lord already showed me. I'm going to do what he said. Thank you all. You're right. And thank you for your cares and concerns, but I must go. Are we getting it? So I can hear from the Lord and love you and share the word and have part of my own emotion and feeling and twist on it. Now, we don't want to do that. But that can happen. That doesn't mean we throw it out. It also means we don't just go along with everything that someone prophesies. going to test all things. He's teaching points. It's points. I went through one point, and I'm on to my second point. And I don't think there's a third, so we might get out of here on that. Test all things and hold fast to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Paul gives us the answer to these problems. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad the Word of God, if we'll follow the Word of God, it will, it will help us what to do. He said, don't despise, don't quench, don't throw out do this. Now, this is the uncomfortable part that most churches don't want to do. Test. We are afraid to offend people, especially Americans. Good Lord. I offend, I don't know, multiple people every single Sunday. It's not a spiritual gift, but I almost think it is at times. Because people are so offendable. If you're going to be a Christian, you better get some thick skin. If you're going to prophesy for the Lord, guess what? You better thicken up your skin because it's supposed to be tested. I remember early on I started giving the word. Not everyone liked everything I preached. Or I might hear something from the Lord share that. Well, they didn't even like it. They didn't receive it. Oh, I get offended. Well, who is it about? If I believe it's his word. And if I believe I'm speaking forth for him, if y'all get offended, that's your issue. Take it up with him. I mean, you can take it up with me, but I'll say, okay. And if I, was, if I had my own flesh in that, I'll own it. And I'll say, yeah, I was, you know what? I watched too much news last week, and I was all fired up. But I'm not going to apologize for what the Holy Spirit gives me. Take it up with him.
not despising prophecy doesn't mean you just approve and accept every word that anyone gives just because they say, thus saith the Lord. It is to be tested or proved. Paul did not say, here. he also didn't say this, accept all prophecy as the infallible word of God. No, he didn't say that. He said, don't despise it, but test it. The word test in the Greek is doc imazo. It means to test, literally or figuratively, by implication to approve or allow, discern, examine, like, approve it, or try it. Hmm. Discern, examine, approve. That's what we're supposed to do with it. Now, how do we do that? I'm glad you asked that, Dave. Thank you so much for being timely with that question. How do we do it? We should be questioning, how do we test it? Here's the easiest one. You, this is a layup or a ball sitting on a tee. Church, how, what's the first thing we should do to test a prophecy? Test it by what? The Word of God. Scripture. It means, but in order to test, like most people that are chasing after prophecies, they don't want to read the Word for themselves. They don't want to get in a relationship with the Holy Spirit themselves. They want to chase the prophet and have the prophet tell them everything about themselves and what God's saying. That's not biblical. In order to test prophecies, you've got to know the Word of God. So that's the first way. Here's what I can do. If you start prophesying and it is against Scripture... That's prophylying. You weren't prophesying, you were prophylying. Don't be a prophylier. If we could take the scripture and you're like, the Lord says divorce your wife and get two new ones. You're prophylying. else do we test it? What if you can't go like, well, I can't find something there. Well, there's a way that it can be done. I oftentimes will look at how it's done. How is a person prophesying? Is it being done orderly? Is it being done reverently? If someone's just like, on a show for themselves to be seen and heard, disruptive. I've got a word. Well, that's got to be tested. How is that fitting in everything? Who's inspiring that? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't inspire people to be puffed up and get a bunch of glory and attention. He doesn't operate that way. He doesn't even operate that himself. So that's not the spirit behind it, if that's what's going on. So that's another way. Make sense? Here's something that I think is pretty cool. He's given us a body. And as we get into Corinthians, we're going to see, and even Romans, talks about the, the body. How many people are, and how we work together, and we all have parts, right? We know in part, we all have a part to play. 
So I would say when a prophecy or, or even a tongue or interpretation, which is equal, Paul says, it's equal to prophecy. Tongues with interpretation in the church is equal to prophecy. There must be interpretation for that, for that prophetic word. So if that happens, also, how was it done? Also, it, is it, does it agree with Scripture? Was it done reverently? Also, how was it received by the church? If the church is mature, now that if the church is mature, it's a pretty good gauge. If you, when what I mean by mature, there's the gifts are in operation in the church. It's a pretty good gauge if, if that's from the Lord or not. How is it received? Like in your own self, if you're by yourself, someone can give you a word, and it's usually like I've I've had lots of word given. It's usually very quickly. There's something that's registering in my spirit that the Lord's already spoken to me about, or I can see very clearly in Scripture, and I can go, yes and amen. I believe that's from the Lord. Or usually it's very quickly, what? I don't know where that's coming from. Sometimes it's, yeah, I'm okay, huh? No, 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 what, huh? Okay. Huh? So that one I go, huh? Lord, help me with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this before you. If I'm still on, huh, I'm going to say, can I get some help with this? You guys, you need to cancel with people. I'm going to pray about this, and, and let's seek the Lord about what. Does that make sense? So how, what I'm getting at is how it's received. Like, I've been in services plenty of times. I've grown up in the church. I've been in, when I was at Teen Challenge, I got to go to a different church almost every week. And there would be times just because someone stood up and gave a message wasn't from the Lord. And you could like, kind of, you could be like people going, God, what was that? What in the world? Or you could instantaneously, a word would go forth and it would just be, and people just, oh my Lord. You're just seeing the fruit of that. It's just, man, it's touching everybody. Like, you know, like, man, that is, that is from the Lord. So in a healthy church, that's another way. Now, tell me, I'm not just saying, well, can, can the Lord give a word that not everyone's excited about? Yeah, can do that. Has everyone ever received, when the Lord talks to you, are, does he always tell you you're the most amazing, there's never been another one created on the earth like you, and you're going to be rich and a millionaire, and you're going to be the most gifted man ever? I mean, I love hearing that, and it sounds good when people always tell you great things like that, but just... That doesn't mean it's the Lord. That's a pretty safe thing to say to somebody. God wants to bless you. I've got scripture for that, no kidding. Wow, that was very, went way out on a limb on that one. The Lord wants you to live. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Since he said he would give me life and abundance of it. You following me? should know like here's where I, I don't put a whole lot of faith and now hear me on this i'm not saying um prophets that are on tv and all these different things but i personally i don't put a lot of faith in prophecy or the gifts of people i don't know hear me the gifts are for the church to be used in the church where there's other giftings and you know the people in your body 
so not saying that God can't use and there's not other churches and he uses people he does but I put a lot more credence in the in the family of believers that I know like I know like if someone's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs they live cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs everything in their life's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs I'm not putting a lot of faith in their prophecy But I can see your life, and there's good fruit that comes out of your life. There's good fruit that's coming forth in your ministry. When you prophesy, it lines up with Scripture. There's, You can be in a place, and, and hopefully you're this way here in this house. If you've been in this church long enough, you should be able to sit down and feel pretty comfortable with my ministry. Does that make sense? Why? Because you can see the fruit in my life. You can see my family. The things that God says to you to judge, you can see evidence. So you should be able to come sit down and be able to receive. That doesn't mean you won't have to spit a bone once in a while. Or if you have a question, you go, hey, pastor, what the heck was that? But I put a lot more faith and trust in receiving even teaching from people that I know. I'm going to put a lot more confidence there than someone I watch on TV that's 10 states away. And I have no idea who they are. I'm never going to talk to them in person. Does that make sense? So... I'm not saying you can't get prophetic words and I'm just like prophecy isn't fortune telling that's that's how the, that's the lie from the enemy that's the perverse thing that the enemy does the true gift is prophecy from the Lord the enemy twists things perverts things and the enemy uses fortune telling which is manipulation and deception people chase after that just like Christians will chase after prophecies oh what's the word for today brother Oh, do you have word for me today? You know, if you sought after the Holy Spirit like you seek after people, you would probably hear from the Holy Spirit what you need to hear. I'm not despising prophecy, but look, there has to be a healthy balance. I'm not going to get in awe over somebody's gift. Like, what we're not going to do is we're not going to have people who use their gifts and then people are all of a sudden like worshiping them. Oh my gosh. Would you call me tomorrow at 10 o'clock? I need to hear from the Lord about a decision I need to make tomorrow. Well, how about you get your butt up an hour before you got to go and seek the Holy Spirit? Or, Pastor, I need you to, to go and spend hours seeking the Lord for me. No, seek the Lord for you. I'll pray for you. Pastor, Get in the word and tell me what I believe about this. No, you get in the word and you discover what you believe about that. I will help you. But I, I mean, good Lord, we got like we feed babies like we take babies. We feed babies. We change babies diapers. Why? Because they're babies. But I'm not feeding 40 year olds and changing 40 year old diapers. That is not my gift. I will promise you, it'll be like, yank, hose. <laughs> See you later. Looks like you should put some clothes on. You don't want me doing that. Just saying. I'm going to be like, bro, you stink. And that's your problem.
should know who prophesies in the flesh. That's why God put together his genius of putting a body of believers together. That's why we don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. We need one another's gifts. You have to use discernment. We got to use discernment. I remember I got a word. Um, I'm not going to mention who or the church um, from an evangelist. And it would have been real easy just to go, oh, okay. But only reason I had to check with some of it was because part of it wasn't true. Um, part of it was very descriptive of where I was at in my walk. And the absolute opposite was the truth. They were insinuating that, that I was far from the Lord, I needed to get back, and I was drifting, and all these things. And they didn't know I was probably been fasting for I don't know how many days. I'm like, I don't know how to get any closer to the Lord. I've been fasting, praying, good Lord, I'm not even eating food. Like, but I didn't say anything to them. And I was, I don't know, ignorant, I guess. Well, not ignorant. I guess it was the wisdom of the Lord. I still, instead of just throwing everything out, I still listened and thought, well, maybe that's just part of it is off. So I asked, hey, and I don't know if you've ever fasted for very long, but your mind kind of gets foggy where you don't remember a whole lot. So, like, I didn't remember everything that was said, and I was like, I don't want to mess. Maybe I'm tripping. So I just asked, hey, would you write all that down for me so I can pray about it and, and, and revisit it? And they got super offended. That's a red flag. You should be able to submit your thus saith the Lord. And by the way, don't say thus saith the Lord. I sense. I believe. I feel. I often say, because it's the truth, I was worshiping, minding my own business, and the Lord put you on my heart. Like, it's not like, I don't like to be, like, worshiping the Lord and then go and go back and pray for someone and give them a word, especially when I don't even know all of it, and he just gives me sometimes one thing. I don't like doing that naturally. So usually it's like a little bit of arm wrestle, and I'm like, okay. But when he does, like... If you, have a, if you have any question about that, I'm okay with it. Like if you, like I will a lot of times call you up a couple days later and say, hey, did that, was that right? Did that minister to you? Like, especially if there's something I'm like, this didn't, I didn't really understand as they were coming. Like, did that bear witness with you? Did that, that's humbling yourself and saying like, I don't know all and I'm not perfect. I'm learning just like you guys. I'm not Jesus. Now, if he tells you something, it's good. Take it to the bank. Cash the check. But if I tell you something, you better test it. Don't be afraid to have someone write it down. You're not offending me, and we shouldn't be offended in the church. There's a big push, and, I, and I'm just going to say it, in the, in the charismatic world, is if you ask any questions, or you, then you're, oh, well, you're not trusting, you're not having faith in, in this person's gifting. Um, no, I'm just doing what the Bible says to do. If you get offended by that, then you're not of the right spirit. How's that? If you get offended by someone questioning your prophet, prophetic word, maybe you should quit giving them. 
Is that fair enough? Because in this church, we're not going to be offended if someone asks to, to be tested. We're actually going to encourage people to test their fellow Christians. You should know those who prophesy in your family. You have to use discernment. Don't be afraid to have it written down and prayed over. It's totally okay if you get a word and you're not sure. Sit down with a couple people who you know that operate in their giftings and say, hey, would you pray about this with me? I'm not fully understanding this. I, need, I, I want clarity in this. That's good. That's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Things are to be done in the church so that all the gifts can be used to evaluate or test what is being said. What if we, see, if we just take everything as gospel, we just take every prophetic word, then we're not giving all the other gifts in the church an opportunity to be used. And he put us together in a body for that purpose, so that all the gifts can be used. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 29-33. I, I got the privilege of going to Africa, I don't know how long ago now, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, 15? Details, details. <laughs> and I got to see, like, the church of Acts in operation. How things were conducted and done were very biblical. And in the open, in the church. Like, it was almost shocking me. I was like, whoa, this does not happen in America. Because we are afraid to offend people. Like, they are not afraid to offend people. Not even the littlest. They're more afraid to offend God. They're not afraid to offend people. They're afraid to offend God. So they actually do what the Bible says. And it was like, like really, like, almost weird. Because we weren't used to it. Like, it was like... Whoa. And I was like, is that okay? And then I was like, this is like watching the Bible in action. This is awesome. <laughs> so listen to what, what Paul teaches here in Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29 through, through 33. Let two or three people prophesy. What? Let, let two or three? Let two or three. He's talking to a jacked up church. Let two or three people prophesy. And let the others evaluate or judge what is said. He's speaking in the church. But if someone is prophesying and the other person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. What? Yeah, you actually, the, the prophets, prophecies are subject to the prophet. You can actually stop. Like, I can stop preaching right now. It's possible. Someone else could talk. So they're saying there could be a prophecy that's given in the family gathering, and someone now receives, whoa, I got inspiration from the Holy Spirit on that. I want to share that. Go ahead. Go ahead and stop. Let them share that inspiration, that gift that came from the Holy Spirit. Cool. Okay, go back and share the rest. What if someone else goes, wow, when you were prophesying that, I saw a vision. Okay, go ahead and stop. Go ahead and share your vision. And we all can go like, how we're supposed to make them. Hey, prophet, can you give this a whiff? This smells like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. 
feel sick? Actually, I feel pretty good. I think that was a word from the Lord. Was that too simple? Or can you go, thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute, what? I'm supposed to marry who? Huh? Say what? Oh, good Lord. Oh, that is not from you. Nope, not from you. I'm sorry, bro. That was not from the Lord. God bless you, but I'm not going to follow that again. Try again. That kind of stuff happens in churches. That's why it gets stopped. People are told, oh, you're supposed to marry so-and-so. I had someone after church, I said that in the first group, they said, Pastor, I literally had someone tell me I was supposed to marry somebody. This one, and they said, thus saith the Lord. I said, what'd you say? I'm going to have to hear from the Lord on that. Good answer. Sometimes the Lord can share something with you. It doesn't mean you need to share it. I had the Lord actually kind of prompt me about something the other day, and I just, just gave a little kind of a test. Hey, what's the Lord ever taught? Did the Lord ever talk to you about this? Hmm. You know, that's interesting. I had someone just ask me the same thing like a week ago. Hmm. What did the Lord tell you? Um, I'm not giving all that. Just this one thing. Just maybe seek the Lord. If someone's prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who's speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Everyone will learn and be encouraged. Yay. That is a good day. Remember that people who prophesy, whoops, are in control of their spirit. This should get taught in a lot of Pentecostal churches. <laughs> people who prophesy are in control of their spirit. So that could tell me, look, if you're out of control of your spirit, I don't want to hear from you. Get control of yourself. Is this too hard? Am I being harsh or? Okay, just quiet. Okay. People who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Like, some people that are like, they're so spiritual, they think, man, like, unless the Holy Spirit, and like, what we're doing in our services is so wrong because there's an order to the service. Well, brother, just let the Holy Spirit be in control. And I'll hear people say, well, I really like when people minister and they don't have notes because they're really letting the Holy Spirit move. Well, good for you. I like to listen to the Holy Spirit too. He actually helps with notes. I actually spend time with him studying the Word of God and he will actually help me as I make notes. And then he actually helps me when I preach, and I can walk away from him, and I can minister what he gives. I believe they're both relevant. And what would it look like if every Sunday we just showed up and went, hey, do you guys got a song? Anyone? Song? Anyone play an instrument? You want to preach today? 
or actually we actually use the gifts that God gave us in an orderly way. We have an idea of what we're going to do, but it's subject to the Holy Spirit. That's having an order and letting the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Yes and yes. That's a good day. So we need to be mature. Can, can we get so stuck on our thing? Sure we can. Can we, like, get so liberated that we don't have a plan? Yeah, and that ain't good either. It's like, it's so weird. We charismatic people believe, it's almost like, unless everything's a huge mess, God didn't show up. Seriously. Unless it's just not a mess, the Lord didn't show up, and that's so not true. Now, is it true that in our little minds, what the Lord wants to do sometimes to us looks like a mess? Sometimes. But he's a God of order. There's like, when, when you would go, you didn't just crazily go into the presence of God. You go in there wrong, you don't come out. There's a way to handle yourself in the presence of God. You worship him in spirit and in truth. The word, let others evaluate, in the Greek, in 1 Corinthians 14, is the word deakreno. Listen to what we're supposed to do in the service. When someone gives a prophetic word, when someone is giving a prophetic word in the service, or a message in tongues with interpretation, equals prophecy. You are to evaluate or judge it. That word means to separate thoroughly. That is literally and reflectively to withdraw from. Whoa. So that means you don't just go diving in because someone's giving a prophetic word. It means you reflectively, when the prophetic word is given, you actually go, hmm. This isn't my word. This is the Greek. Literally and reflectively to withdraw from or by implication oppose. Figuratively, figuratively to discriminate by implication, to decide or reflectively hesitate, contend, make to difference, discern, doubt, judge, be partial, stagger, kind of back and forth, waver. That doesn't sound just like edict. That sounds like you're supposed to go, Hey, I got chocolate chip cookies. You go, chocolate chip cookies? Like you're naturally like, chocolate chip cookies? You go, chocolate chip cookies? Wait a minute. Mm, smells like chocolate chip cookies, but I'm not totally sure. You hear in scripture? Don't despise prophecies. Heh. You know, I'm pretty sure if we do what the Bible says, we're going to be good. Like, I don't know about you, but all of my life, when I've done what the Bible said to do, it has turned out good. And all of my life, when I didn't do what the Bible said to do, it did not turn out good. So I'm pretty confident if we just do what the Bible says to do, we're good. Now, how many of you actually have seen this happen in the church? Discerning gifts and all those things are happening. People are, instead of just jumping on board, they're going, and not just despising them. Like, 
it says that while someone's prophesying, let the other's evaluator judge. What if we as a church really believe that what we prophesy is going to be evaluated in the family of God, and it's going to be judged and looked at and considered? Do you think people would be as quick to just throw out, thus saith the Lord? I bet not. Do you think that's a good thing? It is a good thing. That's not saying we don't want to hear from the Lord. That's just giving accountability that, hey, you're accountable as brothers and sisters. That means we're going to keep an eye on what's being said and done in this church. We want the Holy Spirit to move. We want all the gifts, but we don't want any of you with them. And you don't want any of me with my gifts. I'm not picking on nobody. We want authentic chocolate chip cookies from heaven. Not from Coslat. Or whatever the hard dry, whatever the, the ones you used to like. You dip them in coffee in order for them to be good. Chips Ahoy. I'm like, good Lord, any chocolate chip cookie you got to soak for a half hour in coffee isn't good. <laughs> I want my wife's cookies. Good Lord. Those are from heaven. Those are, those are the will of God for me. I don't even need any help. share a prophetic word now this is kind of funny I've never done this before um, but in my time of study it was so funny how many like how the Holy Spirit speaks in the Bible is literally he speaks like that to us still like very plain so I'm studying looking at not despising prophecy and the Holy Spirit says so plainly to me how about you don't despise prophecy and look at the prophecies that are in your desk oh okay so I pull out my file, prophetic word. And I started from the very beginning. The very first prophetic word ever given to this church, to me personally, in this church. I'm not going to share the person's name. I didn't ask permission. I'm going to cut out some of the details. Um, but I want you to hear, and, and I want you to understand it's valuable to get words, uh, prophetic words. And guess what? It was actually emailed and written down. I still have it. I can look at it, evaluate it, see what's coming. How has this come forth? So, beautiful gifts. I want to say, before I get there too, I wish um, Steve and Jen were here, but um, Jake has some sheep or animals, lambs in the fair, and those are getting sold today, so that's where they're at. But I know, I know they came in and shared with us that they came from a background of gifts, not believing in the gifts. The gifts were um, ceased, and they came into this church, and very early on, handful of different times for one they felt the presence of the lord it was like can't deny that and then on one occasion someone came up during worship and and i think it might have been christy or it might have been um, patty i don't know which role they played in that but one gave a word to the family a prophetic word and then the other um, or one of the other like a little while after that had written down a word and given it to jake they went out to eat afterwards and they were like crying like wow wasn't that like that was wow like that was from the lord like they couldn't have known that and they were just saying how neat it was that the lord had spoken to them like that well then they said well didn't someone give you something jake well yeah pulls it out opens it up starts reading it exactly what was given from someone else and they're just like oh my gosh he tells me later like i don't know what to like i don't know i don't know how that all works in my mind right now because i i'm 
working out the theology of all this, but that's the Lord. Beautiful. That's beautiful. This is something I believe is the Lord also. Friday, April 12th, 2019. I think we'd only been pastoring for about a month now. Maybe a month. It says, Dear Pastor, you don't know me, but this letter is not about me. I'm a former member of New Life from blankety blankety blank. This letter's about you, your church, and the Holy Spirit. My name, my parents. Uh, about a week ago, <coughs> I was driving by your church on my way up to help my parents pack their house. I believe I was listening to Joel Olstein on satellite radio. Now that made me laugh. Um, that <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> as soon as I drove, <laughs> as soon as I drove by New Life, it was like I brought into I was brought into a vision. I felt a prophecy stirring up inside of me. In the vision, I could see a large platform. I could see dancers dancing and actors acting. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell him it is a new platform. It is different than it has been. And that I will bring a move of my spirit through what man calls the ark. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but the last few years, um, we have had a prophetic um, kids praise outreach and kids have been on the stage chairs were removed big stage kids doing mine kids doing flag ministry as you've seen kids doing dancing before the lord um, kids worshiping art was going on out here prophetic inspired artwork like all this was prophesied before and i'm mind you this i gotta be honest i got this word i didn't know who the person was some of it i was like that sounds kind of good. Some are like, oh, that doesn't sound good. I was like, okay. That's my file. Coming back now, I'm like, oh, wow, you got my attention. Tell him I will do something bigger and greater than, was, than what was expected. I will do a new thing. I felt impressed that the Holy Spirit would be giving you a new vision for the church and that you would be building something different than what the previous leaders felt compelled to do. I could see that the platform grew and the people became free to express themselves, and it was a sign to the unbelievers. In my heart, I could feel the prophecy bubbling up, and I thought to myself, I need to record this and share this with them. It was several days before this that I became aware that you were the new pastor at New Life. I didn't ponder on it much as I was pondering on the years that I worked with Jay and Patty. I started with them before they moved to New Life. I worked in ministry there from janitorial up to so on and so on with Pastor Disney and so on and so on. I have to be honest, I quite forgot about what happened when I drove by the church. Several days later, it did come back to me as I was driving and I was unable to record anything at that time. Then this morning, I set my timer for 24 minutes, 24 seconds, which is a practice I try to follow, which I believe is the tenth of the day and my tithe of time to the Lord. I prayed in the spirit only and sang what I heard the Holy Spirit singing in the prophetic instrumental music I was listening to. It seemed like I was praying and singing forever in the spirit, and I looked at my timer, and I was still at nine minutes to go. So I just blessed God and continued to meditate and pray in tongues. Within several minutes after that, I had a vision of you. You were wearing a black polo shirt, and you were in a field. 
Now at that time, it got my attention because like that's all I wore was black shirts. <laughs> I'm stepping out. I finally got really, you know, right with the Lord. I'm like, <laughs> just kidding. You had a black polo shirt on, and you were in a field. The skies were overcast. It was almost like it was in black and white, but it wasn't. That's such prophetic language. Like, if you've ever had visions or things like that, you're like, it was like this, but it was it wasn't. <laughs> I'm just like, I feel you, Lord. Um, black and white but it wasn't you had a shovel and you were turning over the ground you looked back over the field and you were very satisfied with your work you rested your chin on the hand that was on top of the shovel and you gazed over the field and saw all the mounds that you had turned over and you were very happy then some people approached you and they said what are you doing don't you see that we have already planted in this field when you turn over the ground you will damage what we planted. And you said to them, but the ground is fallow. Then an angel came and said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I was standing there with you and the people that came to you and I looked, came to you and I looked at the mounds of dirt closely, like under a microscope. I could see that every little clump of dirt was a human, a person, your congregation, but also the people that would come in the future. The dirt was the people, and I could see that their hearts were the seeds. Some of the people's hearts had a little green tender shoot. Some of the people's hearts had just a seed. And some of the people's hearts had something that had begun to grow, but what had grown had shriveled up and died. I could feel your heart, and you were upset because you were so pleased with your work. And the people that came to speak with you were very discouraging to you. When you had thought how happy you were to be turning over the ground, which is the people. Then I heard the Father's voice say, Tell him what is in your heart, I see. I am there with you in your heart. The earth is mine, the people are mine, you are mine, and I am with you. I will bring the rain to come down on this ground you have turned over. Yes, I will bring rain, and you will see that what you have done, that what you have purposed in your heart, that I have been with you in it. At this point of recording this vision and prophecy for you, I felt compelled to tell you what I was singing prophetically, what I heard the Father singing when I was listening to, to the prophetic instrumental music in my prayer time. The Father was singing, I will come and heal your land. I will come and heal your land. I will come and heal your sea. O fish of the water, be clean and breathe. O air, be clean and breathe. I will come and heal your land, your waters, and your skies. Open up, O ye gates. Open up, O ye gates. Open gates, be opened. I have so much more to do, and it will please me to do it with you. Oh, how I desire to sing over you. To sing, to sing, to sing, to sing. Open up, O ye gates, so I may sing over my people. Oh, the earth is mine and more. Oh, I will come and heal your land, from earth to land and to sky and everything in between. I will, I will come. For everything is mine, and I will not lose one thing. The earth is mine, 
And I will do even more than this, for I will do this with you, and you will see. O gates, O gates, swing wide, swing wide. O I, O I, I will do this with you. I will come and heal. I will come and heal your land. After recording, by writing the words of this song of the Lord, I had an overwhelming impression that God is going to use you in words of knowledge for healing. It will be a sign to the unbelievers. You will feel a trembling or tingling or burning sensation in your hands, and you will know that the anointing is there, and you will get words of knowledge of the illness or disease or the person's name. You may even see a leg or a back or a tooth or a person's name in your mind's eye. It will be a sign to the unbelievers, not to the believers. I pray this blesses you. I want to be obedient to my God. God is with me. Hopefully my iPhone hasn't corrected any of my words that I keep trying to recorrect. <laughs> Jude one two over you and your family and ministry. Now I'm sharing that with you because the beautiful gift of prophecy is I can look back and go, wow. And I can look back and there was even a confirmation of part of this turning over the soil. It was a little different. But Patty Gandera gave me a word. And it was, I don't know, a year and a half ago or a year ago or so. But it was a very challenging time for me. It was, it was, it was hard. There was a lot of people were not excited about the turnover. <laughs> and I had totally forgot about this until she shared her word. And if I, if I remember, um, she said I was on an excavator this time. I guess I went from shovel to ex excavator. And I was... As far as the, the excavator would swing, I was going back and forth and just digging up the earth and turning it over and digging it up and then moving forward and turning it over. And then there were some trees and different things that people had planted and stuff was in the way, and I was digging it up, and, and people were coming up and going, what are you doing? That's been planted there. What You can't move that. And they were upset. And she said, but you just had this smile on your face because you were doing what the Lord told you to do. And you were so pleased. And she goes, and the Lord was so pleased with you because you were doing what he told you to do. And it, it took me back to that other prophecy. And it brought such a peace, and it brought such a comfort inside that the Lord was pleased with what I was doing, even though a bunch of people weren't. I mean, no, that's a beautiful gift when you need that. That's a beautiful thing. Now, the last part of that, I haven't had all of that happen yet, but there's been little parts of it. There has been times when I've prayed for someone, and, and, and this doesn't happen all the time, but I felt my hand get warm once. And I just, it made me think back to, I prayed for a girl, and you guys heard me share that at Nell's, that I, the Lord gave me a, a word for her. Um, she definitely wasn't a believer, and I saw her mess her knee up, so I said, can I pray for your leg? And I reached down, and I just began to pray for her leg, and she was, she, she was not sure, she would not even know to say this, but she goes, whoa, my leg's getting warm. I'm like, well, that's good. I said, well, try to move it. So she started moving it. She starts testing it out. And she's just like walking away like, whoa. Now, I knew the Lord had healed her, so I said, hey, hon, Jesus healed her blood here. Now, because of how she was made up, she looked like she was probably in love with another woman. And I felt so impressed to let her know how much Jesus loves her and that Jesus loves you so much to heal your knee and that he wasn't done with her. And she went just, you could see, I remember watching her walk away. She went over 
at a distance, and then she was still kind of like testing it out, and just kind of like, then she started talking to people, and we just went on, had our pie, or whatever else we were doing, and I love the pilgrim's cream pie, by the way, it's, it's like Jenny took, it's the will of the Lord, <laughs> so we're getting ready to leave, and it was so funny, I just kind of was like, okay, we're going to go, and she's like, bye guys, bye guys, see you later, now typically, Someone from that background is not super excited about an encounter with Christians. Those are the beautiful gifts and the beautiful things that the Lord wants to do in this day, in this hour. Now, I haven't had, like, every time I pray with someone, that happens. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to take a step of faith. This morning when I woke up, and this happens once in a while. Usually it's not like this. It's usually like in my transition, and I don't know about anyone else, but in my transition of coming out of like dream state or coming out of awake to waking up a lot of times I've, I've heard words from the Lord or just little things I'll hear the Lord speak to me in that transition time and uh, this morning as I was getting up and this is usually it's like a good thing um, I heard the word fibromyalgia like I don't know how to say it right um, and I just gathered that the Lord must want to heal somebody with that so I'm going to pray for people um, specifically. If there's someone in here, I prayed for a woman um, in the first service. She had three sisters. There's three people in her family have that. So we prayed over that and, and just believe God wants to break. But I believe there's someone specific. I believe the Lord put that in my mind. Um, it's not something I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what it was, honestly. I don't know what the function of it was. Um, I don't even know how to say it right. So it wasn't something I've been taught. But if there's somebody that has that or, or you do, Okay, well, then I'm going to believe the Lord wants to heal you from that today. All right? So we're going to pray for you. Um, you too? Okay. Cool. Okay, well, first part, we're hearing, right? And just so you know, I have no pressure. Like, this is God's business. It's his work. Like, I don't heal nobody. He's the healer. So there's no pressure on me. Like, Jesus is king. He's the one who does the work. So I'm just going to agree and believe with him. But I just want to share the rest of this is... Um, we're closing early. Well, not closing early. I'm early on my notes. Um, the gifts are inspired by love. The gifts of God are inspired and motivated by love. If you can prophesy the greatest prophecies ever, but, but it's not coming from love, Paul says, then you're just a gong or a clanging cymbal. If you can have the faith that you can say to that mountain, uproot yourself and go in the ocean, but you don't have love, you don't have nothing. So anything that's going to happen from this point forward or, or hopefully what's been happening from the start of the message is love. And I hope you understand as your pastor why I'm taking the time to go through and teach on this is because I do love you and I do want the gifts. I want everything that God wants to do in us and through us to happen. And I don't want to be an error. I also don't want people hurt. I don't want people to get uh, abused by the gifts and everything that someone says or does is from the Lord. So we don't want to quench it, but we also want to do what the Bible says when we want to test it. Amen? Um, I'm just going to close with this. If you don't know the Lord, if you haven't um, given yourself completely or dedicated yourself to the Lord, then it's very simply means, God, I don't have all the answers, but I know that I love you. I know that you're drawing me, and I know that I need you as my Savior. I believe that you sent your son to this earth to walk it out perfectly because I couldn't walked it out perfectly and you exchanged your perfect life for my messed up one and you took my sin on that cross and you gave me your perfect life and righteousness 
If that's you today, I'd love to introduce you to Jesus. You can just get up out of your seat, come down to the altar, and we'll spend some time and pray with you and show you biblically how you're saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you confess. Say, God, I was a sinner. Please forgive me. God, I believe your blood is so powerful it can cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want that. I believe you redeemed me. You bought me with a price. And I'm forever yours. You can have salvation today. If you were one that's been suffering with that fibromyalgia, I'd love to pray with you. I believe the Lord wants to touch you. My brother back here, he said this morning, he said your back's been jacked up and the doctors are going to go fix you up. If you would like prayer for that, I'd love to pray with you for that. I still believe Jesus is the same. He still wants to heal us. He still wants to set us free. He still wants to save us. He still wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. He still wants to give us the gift. He's still a good God. He's full of grace and mercy. And those gifts are gracious. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to pray over you all and dismiss you. If if you would like to receive salvation, you would like to know um, that... Your sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west. I'd love to pray with you about that. And if you would like prayer for healing, go ahead and come up. The rest of you, Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your gifts, for your goodness. Most of all, we thank you for you and your word. Lord, I pray for the those who are here today for safe traveling mercies. God, I pray, Lord, that they would ponder on, on what you've given today. Lord, that the word would land in good soil. Just like the your word says and that prophecy that the soil would be turned over and that lord you would come and water it in jesus name amen amen you can be dismissed those who need prayer please come up i'd love to pray with you
Thank you. 